Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to the Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Bald Face Truth. Well, every week we have Anthony Gold, wide receiver, Oregon State, on the show. This segment is brought to you by Jamba, your local Jamba location. Life is better blended. It's also better when the local teams win. And Oregon State won on Friday night. Reeser Stadium, great crowd. The new stadium with the uh, new premium seating on the west side. New concessions, Beaver Street. It's a good look. I bet you, I'll bet you anything. The other schools on the western part of the United States are going to tour Research Stadium. They're going to go, okay, we need to do that. More premium seating, get the seats closer to the field, take some seats out. Really good look at Oregon State. Football team wins 21-7. Silas Bolden, I thought, was the uh, the man of the match, so to speak. Had a couple of huge plays. Anthony Gold, courtesy of Jamba, here to talk about Friday night's game. Uh, you know, I remember in high school on Friday nights playing under the lights, and it was a big deal, Anthony. What, what does that feel like in college? Oh uh, yeah, I mean, um, it's definitely a, a little bit of different environment, um, but you know it's fun. Um, you know, you know, you have a good opportunity to go out there and showcase what you can do because there's not too many games played on Friday night, so you know everyone naturally um, will be seeing it. So um, it's definitely a good opportunity. You know, you look at it like that, and it's a good opportunity versus a good team. So uh, playing that game on Friday, you know, it's definitely it's definitely rocking. The fans were engaged and. Um, you know, we were happy we were able to get a, get away with the win. What did that Utah defense feel like? It it felt like, uh, to me, or it looked like you guys were moving boulders around the stadium. I mean, it was like both teams, really physical game. Oh, yeah. Um, they're a well, they're a very good defense over there. They're well coached, um, and they play hard. And, you know, that's one of the better defenses in this league. And, um, you know, the Pac-12 championship runs through Utah. You know, they've run it the, they won it the last two years, so um, – you know, that's kind of how we were approaching the game. And um, we knew that we were going to have to execute um, and be well-rounded uh, in the game to have a shot to go out there and, um, you know, be able to really compete and put up points with uh, against our defense. So um, our defense played great all night. Um, we were able to score them and capitalize when we needed to. So, um, you know, I think it was a, a great game overall. What about Silas? Silas Bolden. Rushing oh, yeah. touchdown, you know, short reception, makes a guy miss on an out and takes it to the house. Uh, you see that guy in practice every day. What's he like? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, he's kind of a little bit of more a quiet dude, but, um, you know, he's a baller. You know, some of the plays he makes in, in practice, it's like, you know, you can tell that, you know, he's just different. Um, you know, and that's a good thing about, you know, having having a, him as a teammate is, you know, you guys see all the highlights in the games, but some of the stuff he doesn't practice is even crazier. So, um, you know, I was very happy for him. Uh, you know, he got to put his name out there, like I was saying, on a, a national stage. And, um, you know, he, he went out there and balled out, and he executed him uh, when we needed him to. And well, that's all you can ask for. But, you know, he's he a great dude. I'm so proud of him that he did that. And, um, you know, there's definitely going to be more. You get some teams that are having their bye week. You guys will get your moment, but you go. It's on to Berkeley this week and Cal. When you look at film, what do you see? What Cal's doing? Oh yeah, um, you know Cal's always had a great defense, uh, especially in this league. Uh, you know, year in year out, 
they're you know they have a, a, a well sound um, good defense. Um, you know we know we're gonna have to go out there and execute. Hopefully be physical uh, in the run game and you know go out there and just put our will on them. And you know when you when you do that, it opens up other things in, in the offense. So um, you know we got to go out there just make it physical, play our brand of football, and um, it should be a good game. Anthony Gold with us, Oregon State wide receiver. What do you get out of a bye week? Because, you know, as I talk to some players, some players love them. Some players like to stay in the rhythm of the season. You know, when you look down the road at a week off in the middle of the season or a week to regroup, what, what do you get out of that? Oh, yeah, I mean, definitely it's just time to relax and just take care of your body, you know, first and foremost. Uh, you know, me personally, I like to go get a, you know, a couple massages throughout the week, um, you know, as much as I can just to – um, you know, hopefully get get my body feeling as cl- as close as I can back to you know week one shape. Um, although that'll never be never be a thing, but um, I think you know we have a, a well timed bye week this year. Um, you know, it's deep enough in the season where you have some games under your belt, uh, but it's it's not too early in the too too late in the season to where you know it's, it's late super late. You know, so yeah. um, I, d- I definitely think it benefits us and. But, yeah, you know, like I said, just definitely taking care of your body. Um, you know, some people like to, you know, go home, get, visit family for a couple of days. Uh, but, yeah, you know, just being able to just take care of your body, I would say, is the biggest thing. Is there a mental break that happens there because you get, you know, you get out of rhythm a little bit and you get a chance to go, okay, let me think about, you know, because when you're in game week, I got to think, you know, Monday you know what you're doing. Tuesday you know what you're doing. You know, bye week comes and you kind of get a chance to exhale a little bit mentally. Oh yeah, you know it's not fully a, a bye week uh, in that sense. I'll say because you know we still got school. So although we're not focusing on football, you know we're still still on school. So you know, it, I mean, you, yeah, you definitely look at it that way. Um, you know, some guys like to take that time to really just lock in, focus on school, um, get all that stuff, you know, fine tuned, locked in. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't say so much a, a bye week. You know, you still want to. Uh, Go and watch over, you know, the games you've already played, what you can do better, um, catch up on extra tape on our next opponent. So um, definitely not just taking the whole week off uh, vacation-wise, but, uh, yeah, definitely getting a, a little bit of a, of a rest and relaxation in that sense. Anthony Gold is with us, wide receiver, Oregon State. All right, your coach, Jonathan Smith, I had him on yesterday. We talked a little bit about the uh, milk the clock uh, gesture, his charade game. He was playing on the sideline. Uh, were you on the field when he was doing that? Uh, no, I was not. Okay. I, I didn't see that. Yeah, I did not, did. didn't even see it during the game. Uh, I, I actually saw it on Twitter after. So. <laughs> I didn't see it either. I got to be honest with you. Like, maybe somebody's going to call and yell at me, but I didn't really see the big deal. I thought it was funny. And I thought, okay, like you don't want to do that every week, but that was pretty funny and creative in that moment. <laughs> and but somebody's always going to be offended. And of course, right. he said somebody called the athletic department. He said uh, so. He felt like he should apologize. But I told him, you don't need to apologize. How did the guys react to that when you guys saw that? Oh yeah, well, you know, we thought it was funny. You know, we we all know Coach Smith, and if you know Coach Smith, you know he means no harm by that. Um, so we all thought it was kind of just like a funny little joke. Um, but other than that, we didn't really see see too much of it. Uh, I actually did not know he apologized for that. So, uh, you know, I, I know Coach Smith, and he didn't mean any harm by that. And um, but you know, 
to each their own for for their opinion. If they're offended, then I'm sorry. But uh, yeah, yeah, y'all know he meant no harm. Yeah, I just don't see the point. Like you know, if you sit around, like you know, and I and I get it. Like you know, it. I'm just too busy to be offended like that. You know what I mean? Like I, I have too much going on. And who's gonna pick up the phone and call the athletic department and be like, you know, your coach made this gesture on, you know, like it, this isn't like Janet Jackson in a Super Bowl, you know, a nipple showing or something. He was he was just making the gesture. Hey, he, he saw the referee wound the clock. It was first down. There was a penalty. The referee wound the clock. He was making sure DJ knew. Hey, don't be in a hurry here. We got a twenty-one-seven lead. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, like you said, there's there's always gonna be people always gonna be people out there that feel some type of way or. You know, feel however they feel. So, you know, I think you got to just take it with a grain of salt. I know we all know Coach Smith meant no harm by it. You know, if you if you really have been around Coach Smith and know how he is, you know he meant no harm by it. So, um, yeah, I, I thought it was a pretty pretty funny thing on Twitter. Yeah. And, all right, let me ask you this because we're kind of on that subject that on social media, it's newer, like you've grown up in it, but, you know, it hasn't been around in college football forever. And – I can remember a time where the criticism was limited to radio shows and newspapers and and message boards. But now fans can tweet at you and get to you and get access to you and get in your space. How do you as a player manage that noise on a week-to-week basis? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't don't like that affect me too much. Um, We know who you are as a person, as a player. Um, you know, others' opinions don't don't affect you too much, and um, especially when you know a lot of those people, you know, have probably never played the sport at a high level. Um, you know, so you can't really can't really take the the opinions of, of people you don't know too too heavily, or you know that that stuff will will eventually affect you. You know, and I I definitely think you know mental health is real. Um, you know, some athletes that that does affect them, and um, you know I think it is a shame that you know. People are, you know, that willing to go on Twitter and uh, talk negative about people um, just because, you know, they might not, might not make a play or, um, you know, make live up to their expectations of them. But, you know, we're all human at the end of the day. So, you know, it's it's a shame that people do it. But I personally try not to let it get under my skin. Um, but, you know, I definitely definitely don't think it's a, it's a tough guy move to go on Twitter and, uh, you know, talk about people you don't know and, um, that's just how I feel about it. What do you tell teammates? Like, have you had teammates that, over the years that have come to you and go, you know, these people on social media, they're bothering, you can see that it's bothering them. Do you have advice or do you have certain situations where, you know, you provide support like that? Yeah, I mean, uh, I just try and say, you know, just, just stay off your, stay off the phone, you know, stay off social media, you know, um, and just, you know, remember who you are as, as a person and as a player at the end of the day, you know, um, everyone's going to have their own, own opinion, um, whether you agree with it or not, and that's just, you know, part of life, and, you know, that's just how it is. Um, so, you know, I just tell guys, you know, just, you know, everyone, you know, we're here for you. Um, it, you know, just because their opinion, they say what they say, it doesn't matter. Um, but, yeah, you know, I try and try and help guys if, they, if they're ever in that situation. Thankfully, I don't think there's been too many situations like that. Um, you know, I've had some, some situations where, you know, people, people send me stuff, but, you know, I usually just delete it and, you know, it is what it is going on about my day. I think you have a healthy outlook with it. Uh, I don't think everybody's that way, though. Anthony Gold oh, yeah. is with us. All right, you got a big game in Berkeley. I will see you there. 
it's always fun to see you uh, in the pregame. You guys warming up, getting ready, and you know they're not going to have much of a crowd. You've played there. I've I've been to a ton of games there. Sometimes it can be a little quiet with the fan experience. Um, does that affect both teams? To affect the energy of the game? Uh, you know, I would probably not them as much as I would say away teams. But you know, that's something we you know we focused on all week. Um, you know, just realizing that we have to bring our own energy. And that um, you know, there's not going to be too much, too many fans there. Um, so we just, you know, have kind of just realized throughout the week, like, all right, we need to bring our own energy, and um, you know, whatever energy they do have in that stadium, we need to uh, go out there and execute. So we, you know, we get it out, get it out quick. So um, you know, some people may look at it as an advantage or disadvantage, but um, no, I think it's, I, yeah, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a weird atmosphere, definitely, going from the different uh, away games we've had this year. Yeah, I think sometimes you know visiting teams will come in and try to silence the crowd. It, 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 there may be a student section there, but beyond that, you know, it shouldn't be a shouldn't be a huge turnout in Berkeley. I will see you there. I appreciate you joining us every week, Anthony. Yes, sir. I appreciate you. All right, there he goes. Courtesy of Jamba, life is better blended. Anthony Gold off into the sunset. Uh, you know, Oregon State is practicing this week with no music. No music. Jonathan Smith talked about it yesterday. It's been reported in the media. It's tweeted about by Nick Daschle, who covers the team. And people sort of responded saying, oh, you're being petty. You're making fun of Berkeley. Cal doesn't draw fans. We get it. Ha, ha. Well, I don't think that was the point. I think the point was that it's normally, you know, you go into a game week against USC, and what do they do? They play the USC band over and over. Dun, da, 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 da. So you can hear that over and over as a player. So when it's happening during the game, it doesn't bother you. How was my USC band? Um, and, you know, but if you go to Autzen Stadium and you're going to play against Oregon, they may, as a visiting team, play a bunch of noise and get you prepared. Colorado did that in front of their visit to Autzen Stadium. I don't know if it helped them, but at least they tried to get ready for it. So you see teams that will do that. But Oregon State's playing Berkeley, and the thing that Jonathan Smith wants to guard against is the sound of silence in the stadium like that. And so I think there's a real danger that your team shows up there as a visiting team and walks in, you know, you're already the road team, you're already out of your element. You're not sleeping in your own bed. Your your friends and family and fellow students are not in the crowd roaring behind you. There's literally a sprinkling of fans inside the stadium. And um, it's, you know, it's underwhelming and maybe a little bit emotionally flattening, kind of flattens you out a little bit. And so I think there is a danger that that kind of thing infects your team and affects your energy for the game. And so Jonathan Smith's trying to get his guys acclimated this week to the um, to the sounds of, uh, you know, a stadium that is, you know, sparingly attended, lightly attended stadium in Berkeley. And, you know, I think if Cal wants to take that as a personal attack, like, like I could just imagine Deion Sanders heard that. Oh, he'd go ballistic he'd encourage his home fans to be there he'd have you know he'd turn the place into a uh 
nightclub and a party, and he'd you know bring the marching band out and bring ten friends, and he and people would show up. Justin Wilcox, I don't know if he's going to do that. I'll ask him on tomorrow's show. Is that is that uh, partly what he was uh, what he was uh, after? You know, is he going to? He's coming on the show. Is he going to talk about, you know, this is a rallying cry for Cal? Like, I think if Cal fans were going to show up for him, they would have already shown up. I, I think it's a great game. I think it's a fun game. I think Cal's better than advertised. I wrote it today. I put, I put my picks out at johnconzano.com, and, you know, I wrote about it, and I, I'm picking Oregon State uh, to win the game. But I also am looking at it going, hey, this is the storyline of this game is really a Cal team that is underachieved in a couple of spots has been offensively inconsistent, two really decent defensive teams. This game feels like it will be played, you know, with maybe a total of, you know, 43 points, right in that, right in that you know, area, 42, 43 points. Winner's probably going to have about 24. That's kind of how I see the game going down. And, you know, unless Cal shows up with busloads of fans, it's going to be quiet inside that stadium. And it's going to be weird for some of these players who are coming off a Friday night game at Reeser Stadium that was pretty damn loud. All right, Anna's popping into the studio. We'll play a little punch at audio. She's got the 5 at 5. We've got Thursday night football ahead right here on 750 The Game. I want you here for all of it. I want you to leave it right here. you got the bald-faced truth. Anna's in the studio. Anna's in the studio. I got to say that. It's like, Mom's home. <laughs> One time I was in college. I was home for, like, spring break or maybe summer break. And I had a friend over. We were playing Tech Mobile on the living room TV. And my parents didn't. As you would normally do, yes. No, my parents didn't like us playing on. Oh. My dad did not. You know my dad. Yeah. My dad's got his chair. Yep. And he's got his TV. Mm-hmm. And. Don't mess with it. You don't sit in his chair if he's around. That's yeah. his chair. Mm-hmm. And you don't mess with the TV or the remotes. Okay? Yes. So my friend was over. My parents were not home. And I'm well, I'm old enough to... I was an adult. Okay? Let's, I'm just going to say that. Okay. I was of legal drinking age or above. Okay. <laughs> and... Oh, this gets better. And we were playing Tecmo Bowl on the living room TV, which was forbidden. We were supposed to play on some back room little monitor, but I had dragged it out. We were playing, and I heard my parents' car in the driveway. But my parent, my friend, didn't know about the rule. Right. And so I look over at him, horrified, and I go, "My parents are home," and I'm scrambling to unhook the Tecmo Bowl, and he's just dying. He's laughing. He's like, "How old are you? Your parents are home. Did you have any rules when you were a kid? Like?" Furniture huh. that couldn't be sat on. Were you one of those families that had like plastic on the couch and stuff? You know. No, thank God. <laughs> I have been in those homes, and uh, God bless those kids that grew up in a very sanitized environment like that. No, my rules more involved like there's just no sugar, no sugar at mm. all in the home. So like, um, and also really strict on bedtime. Just oh, is that why you're militant with our kids? I, as I'm saying these things out loud, I'm like, oh, crud, I'm my mom. <laughs> like, <let's... laughs> I don't know I understand it. You're like, it was crazy. We're 38 minutes from bedtime. Okay. 
<laughs> Why are you uh, telling us this? I've, I, that's, I'm horrified. Wow. That's that's like a moment there where you realize you've turned into your but own But weren't parent. you a kid? Like, I was the kind of kid when it was bedtime. Then I went into, like, a kind of a different mode. Like, I had a transistor radio. I had AM radio to keep me company. Yeah. I would turn on, on Sunday nights, old-time radio stories. I would listen to old shows. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Jack Benny, Fibber McGee, and Molly. I would listen to the Green Hornets. We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Hey, sorry to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.